Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What do you do when the bullpen has gone all helter-skelter when Craig Kimbrell seems to have blisters on his fingers. You know, it wasn't really that bad a pitch to Christian Yelich. It's just that it was only about 95 miles per hour. This is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Craig Kimbrell last year had an average velocity on his four-seam fastball of 97.6 miles per hour. That was his 2018 average. That was his lowest since 2011. This is a guy who usually, when he's been great, and he has been great, is thrown 98, 99, used to hit a hundo, 101, but certainly 98, 99. And we've seen him at 97 a couple of times this year with the stuff crackling, and it looks like that knuckle curve is just, just the massive bite. Crazy. We've seen a couple of those times. Last night, not one of those times. Last night, his average velocity was 94.8. When the fastball is not dominant, he is not dominant. And Christian Yelich is just too damn good. And he hit a high fastball on the outside part of the plate just above the strike zone to the opposite field. And with a juicy ball and his strength and skills, that was gone. Tie game, troubles. You got all the way to Craig Kimbrell this time with a chance to win, and he could not get it done. Just an an absolute kidney punch of a loss after a night before when you got another kidney punch of a loss. They're they're one in five in this stretch. I think they're one in four on the road trip, and every one of the losses has come in the final at bat for the opposition. It is hit and run here on 670 The Score. Good afternoon to you now. Afternoon. I am Matt Spiegel here with you. It's been a really fun show. Uh, We'll podcast uh, a little bit later on. If you missed Matthew Trueblood from Baseball Prospectus in the 10 o'clock hour, it was really, really interesting, I thought. Um, And I'm pretty sure it was. But some stuff in there about trends around the league, how fastballs and sliders now are the most dominant two pitches. They are being used together. Remember how fastballs and curveballs were being used together by the Dodgers and others to get the Cubs batters out and a lot of batters out. Now it's largely slider, fastball and slider. And most uh, really good sliders these days have a lot more vertical drop than they used to. And it's incredibly difficult to, for hitters to deal with uh, high fastball, four-seam fastball, and slider. And we learned some distressing numbers about uh, the Cubs overall versus those two pitches as an offense and with those two pitches as a pitching staff. And uh, I I highly recommend listening at least to the first segment of the 10 o'clock hour when we podcast here on Hit and Run. Uh, It's been great fun to talk to you today. I mean, fun. Look, it's distressing. You are distressed, most of you, frustrated, angry, bothered, dismayed. Have an adjective. You're not feeling good about this. And we understand. I understand. But, boy, the Cubs are only a game back. Just a game back. 
in a winnable division, tied with the Brewers, and I still think they're the best team in the division. Don't tell anybody, okay? Actually, tell everybody you want. I still think they're the best team in the division. I do. I'm not saying they're better than the Dodgers or better than the Braves, but get in and then who the hell knows what can happen. I still think they're the best team in the division. If I had to put money round, uh, down on them right now, uh, who's going to win the division? I, I still say it's the Cubs. I do. I don't know if I expected to feel that way today, but here I am. I still do. They have to be very aggressive in changing some of the things that they have been sluggish to change. No more Pedro Strope in high leverage. That is definitely the case, according to what Joe Madden said yesterday. Go ahead and rest Steve Ciszek for a while. That slider was brutally flat yesterday. He should not have been used last night, in my opinion. And I was surprised that he was after what Joe Madden had to say before the game yesterday. So Rowan Wick, welcome. Congratulations. You're my new eighth inning guy. Tyler Chatwood, welcome. Now that uh, John Lester's back, he was terrific yesterday. Tyler Chatwood, you are a late-inning, high-leverage option. Derek Holland, hello. You were thrown right into the fire against Christian Yelich last night. You got your man out. You, you, are, you are a guy that we will look to. Go ahead, folks. Be aggressive about stuff. If you're me, and you're not, uh, Joe, but if I were Joe and I'm not, I hit Jason Hayward leadoff today and for the foreseeable future. I throw caution to the wind of it messing with him mentally, as he admitted that it did several years ago. Hayward's got a 370 on on-base percentage since the 19th of May, giving you consistently great at-bats. He should be your leadoff hitter. Go ahead, do it. Give it a shot. Time is now for those kind of things. And I still think they can win the division. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Let's talk to you guys. And Bruce Levine's going to check in from Milwaukee at some point. This is Mike in Hawthorne Woods. Mike, good afternoon. You are on Hit and Run. What's happening? Hi, good afternoon. We're enjoying the show. I like Rosner, but your passion is the greatest. Oh, I appreciate it. I like Rosner, too. I miss my boy. But, uh, but thank you very much. Appreciate you, Mike. You know, we talked about everything except uh, how much do you hold Madden responsible for the poor performance of the pitchers? You know, a typical Madden game like the other night, he took uh, Hendricks out after five innings. So that requires then three more pitching changes. Yep. In four pitching changes in a game, somebody is bound not to perform. And I just, I don't understand if a pitcher is going well, leave him in. If a setup man's going well, leave it in. You don't have to bring in the closer. You don't have to make these changes unless you just need keep to insert yourself in the game. It's Madden time after six innings. <laughs> now it's Madden time after five innings. <laughs> I think he increases the odds of poor performance. What do you think? Uh, I think sometimes that is the case. I hated the move to, to, to not let Hendricks go further the other night for a couple of reasons. One, because Kyle should be trusted at this point to get through the lineup the third time. I mean, my God, he should be trusted to do so. And he said that he had plenty left in the tank at 90 pitches. The other thing is, in that situation, in a game of this magnitude, when you have one left-hander, he then used Kyle Ryan right away and had no left-hander available later on in the game when it was time for Yelich again and had fewer options later in the game. The domino effect of that was brutal. Last night, I wanted to see more of John Lester, but we found out after the game John Lester said he was done. Here's, I, I mentioned this at the top of the show. Um, if people didn't hear it, my trouble with Joe the last two nights is that I believe he has done things that he was not planning to do before the game began. Two nights ago, he said he wasn't going to use Strope. And then he ended up using Strope. 
and he didn't have it, and it hurt them again. Last night, he said that Rowan Wick's role was going to be more prominent, and everybody in the uh, Cubs beat reporter room pretty much thought that meant Rowan Wick was getting the eighth inning last night, if we got there. And instead, it was Steve Ciszek. And after the game, Madden said that was his Ciszek spot. That is beyond dispute. That was his role. It was beyond dispute. I, I, don't, I don't think that was the case before the game. And the thing is that Ciszek, the night before, two nights ago, threw 26 pitches. He was wild. He walked a couple guys. He hit a guy. He had a, a, his, his one inning of pitched went across multiple innings. So that means he warmed up once in the bullpen, once on the mound, and then again when the next inning began on the mound. And Joe himself is the one who has taught us and told us how damaging that can be to a pitcher. And Ciszek, when he gets overused, like last year in September, his slider gets flat and super-duper hittable. And that's what it was last night. Oh one. Uh, C-Sheck gives up the homer to Gamble. And then the very next pitch is Lorenzo Cain to straightaway center right off the top of the wall. Thought that was another home run. Woof. And then by then we go to Chatwood and Holland. There was Holland and then Chatwood and then Wick. And, and those guys, for the most part, um, got the job done, even though Chatwood gave up the, the single the opposite way. I guess it was a double here, what got all the way to second. That was a good piece of hitting. Keston here is awfully good. But anyway, my point is, yeah, there are certain times that I question Joe. In the last two nights, I, I, it, it did not feel good to me. did not feel good. 670, the score, is where you are. Eric Sogard has been scratched from the Blue Jays lineup, and a source told John Morosi that he is not injured. It is believed that an Eric Sogard trade is imminent. I can't help but notice uh, that Addison Russell was also scratched today in Iowa. I noticed that. Addison Russell scratched from the lineup today in Iowa. Now, Tommy Birch, who uh, covers the Iowa Cubs for the Des Moines Register, says not to read too much into the Addison Russell scratch. Source I checked in with told me there's nothing to read into with Addison Russell being a scratch from today's lineup. Okay, I will note that, but I will also share with you, the audience, that Sogard and Russell have both been scratched from their lineups today. Um, This is Bob in Dyer, Indiana on 670 The Score. Bob, good afternoon. Thanks for calling it and run. How are you? Yes, good afternoon, Matt. How are you? Very good, thanks. Good. Enjoying the, the talk on sports. You guys are the best. I'm a, a long-time listener, first-day first listener from the score back in the old days. Nice. And a uh, frequent caller. Excellent. And uh, I agree with uh, what you were saying about Coach Joe Madden, but uh, he's really stubborn or superstitious or something. And I wanted to ask you, why does he keep removing pitchers like in the eighth and ninth inning, you know, one, one batter and then he takes them out? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's really a league-wide trend, and thanks for the call, Bob, uh, and the kind words. I mean, people going for matchups like crazy, going for matchups like crazy, and it happens all over baseball. You see a lot of those kind of changes. I don't know. I mean, not all of them are the same. Not every move can be dissected and, and thrown onto a pile as he doesn't know what he's doing. Sometimes it's all he's got. Sometimes it's the right move and the results are bad. And, and I try my very best to dig in deep and think about the process and whether the process was wrong. And in my mind, what gets me upset the most is when I feel like 
some of something you know happening during the game is not being managed with feel, you know, like you're not paying attention to certain stuff or or, or things like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's not all the same. Is 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 all I can say. I will say that, and I mentioned this at the top of the last hour, that Pedro Strope is is never going to be the one to tell you that he can't go. So it's it's Joe's job and Tommy Ottavi's job together to line up together and say, all right, we're not going to throw you. We're not going to do it. Because they're not going to be the ones to do it. They're not going to be the ones to tell you because they are warriors, C-Sheck and Strope especially. They have that mindset. They will go out, I will find a way. Damn it, I will find a way. So you've got to be the, uh, the big boys in the room and make that decision. And I, I know they are going that way with Strope. We'll see what happens Today in the bullpen and beyond. It is the score. It is hit and run. I am Matt Spiegel. I'm here with you on Sunday mornings. Also Saturday mornings on Inside the Clubhouse with my partner Bruce Levine. And we bring in Bruce Levine right now on 670 The Score. He joins us from up there in Milwaukee. Hello, Bruce. How are you? Hello, Matt. Uh, All good up here. Joe Madden just uh, finished a 15-minute segment with the media talking about a myriad of different things, including the offense, the leadoff spot, the bullpen, uh, Kimbrell, where would you like to start? Well, let's talk about that bullpen. I, I guess let's start with Kimbrel because that was distressing to see them get all the way to him last night and then have it, uh, have it fall apart. Lord knows I've talked about it enough. What did Joe have to say about it? Well, there's a, there's a question about the velocity having dropped off here. You know, when he came in and he was first starting, he was throwing, you know, right around 97. Uh, some of the readings were 94, 95. That's a significant drop. Um, so, the questions were about, well, where is he at uh, command-wise and strength-wise? And Joe didn't really have an answer for it other than to say that in spring training and for every pitcher, when they start a season, there's a dead arm period. That mm-hmm. usually takes place uh, three weeks or so into any stint for a pitcher in spring training. Kimbrell did not have that uh, during spring training because there was no spring training for him. So he, he brought up whether or not that might be the case. But nonetheless, they didn't have a definitive reason why the velocity has dropped off. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the last pitch wasn't velocity. It was a, uh, a breaking ball that uh, Hira hit over the fence to right field. So that was, that was not the question. But, uh, you know, again, uh, I, I asked and I wondered uh, about four out saves for Kimbrell. Yeah. Uh, two, two nights in a row why that wasn't there. And they – you know, they've been adamant from the beginning that he was not going to throw more than one inning. I asked Joe if indeed uh, they're going to revisit that. He said that they don't think it's ready. I asked, who makes that call? Is it Epstein and Hoyer, you, or uh, is it Kimbrell? He said it's a collaborative. So it's a, it's a compilation of their thoughts on the subject. Uh, they said that he, none of them think that he's there, that he can pitch um, – a third or two thirds of an inning in the eighth, sit down and come back out for the ninth at this point. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I looked at actually the game log from last year, Bruce, and to your point, or to Joe's point, I guess, on the dead arm, it took him 13 appearances last year to get up to 97 miles per hour. And then a few, mm-hmm. ga- a few games after that, it dipped back down to 95. So it's like right. if we are to look at it exactly that way, it's possible that we could be looking at the timeline. The scary thing, though, is that so many people did not want to give Kimbler, Kimbrel money because they believed he wasn't going to get up to 97, 98, 99 with frequency. And if he's not up there, he's just not the same guy. 
Right, and, you know, again, uh, two different pitches getting hit out of the ballpark. You know, you can give them that one, but, you know, when you see a breaking ball, you know, uh, hit out by a rookie to right field, you know, that that's, that's a concern. It's, a, it's an oddity because I think it's only happened to Kimbrell once before in his entire career that he gave up two home runs in a game. So mm-hmm. uh, certainly, certainly an oddity. But the oddity, as Joe went back to talk about again during this 15-minute session with the media, is that um, they should be scoring two runs every night, okay, or three runs, that the offense is just not doing their part. And he said we have – we have good hitters that have um, good approaches. We have good hitters that aren't, aren't approaching the ball in the zone properly. So, mm. you know, the high fastball, which is, uh, you know, taking care of a lot of hitters these days, are some, something that some of the hitters in the Cubs lineup are not adjusting to, Matt. Uh, the bottom of the hour coming up soon is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. And banking, everyone talks about technology. There are times you need a banker. Lakeside Bank has all the tech the big guys have and personal service. Get your own Lakeside Banker. They're always here when you need them. Lakeside Bank, it's about time. Um, so a, a texture saying, Speak, stop saying they got to Kimbrell. They did not get to him. They blew another eighth inning, two-run lead. Yes, they did. That's right. Two blown saves last night. But they had the opportunity mm-hmm. for Kimbrell to come in and save the game is what I mean. But in terms of that eighth inning and in terms of the – the, the primary setup guy. Obviously, C-Sheck won't go again today after going the last two in a row. Is it Rowan Wick who gets a chance today, or is he not available after going two in a row uh, as well? Joe didn't, Joe, Joe didn't tell us who was not available. Obviously, C-Sheck, not only from uh, pitching as much as he's had, but you know everything is flat right now. So that he needs a, a day or two at age 36 after 80 appearances last year and you know almost half of the games again this year that, uh, you know, you know, you just diminishing results when it comes to uh, some of these veterans going out there. You know, Kinsler has been excellent this year, but, you know, you can't just throw these guys every day. So I, I, I can't tell you who's going to be uh, at the end, but, but uh, Wick has certainly gotten everybody's attention, and he's going to continue to get more work. I, I wonder who else might be options. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, Bruce, but Pedro Strope apparently is going to be taken out of high leverage possibility for a while so we can work some things out. C-Shek certainly looks like he could use a day or two or more. Uh, you've got Wick. I mean, there they are being aggressive with Chatwood and Derek Holland as your guys in the bullpen last night in, right. in the eighth inning. Will they continue to be more aggressive? Do you think there's there's going to be a bullpen move before the deadline on Wednesday? Yeah, you know, that was, that's a good question. And I, I asked Joe that, and he said that uh, true to their form, Epstein and Hoyer left here uh, after being here the last two days with the team, back to Chicago, getting set up for their final push for the trading deadline. Scouts will be uh, talked to at length tomorrow. Uh, they'll be they'll be hunkered down for what what should be an addition of two or three players if they can make it happen. Uh, hmm. Economics are a part of it. Uh, the reality that there's not a lot of great players out there, but uh, a little some little moves with some good players might be the thing that you look at for the Cubs. I don't I don't think you're going to see any giant moves, but you know you know if they add uh, Castellanos and a Green in a trade. Uh, would that be considered a big move, you know, depending on what goes back? Uh, you add a Sogard from Toronto for the top of the order, knowing that the on-base percentage for the Chicago Cubs from the leadoff spot this year is 290. I mean, so th- there are holes 
they'd like to fill. I don't know if they're going to be able to fill all of them. That's going to be their attempt. That's going to be their direction here in the next three and a half days. We saw that Eric Sogard was scratched from the lineup today in Toronto. Addison Russell also scratched from the lineup in Iowa. I don't. Uh, Tommy Birch, who you know from the Des Moines Register, says not to read too much into the Russell scratch, but it's hard uh, not to. But but right. what 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 can you tell us about the Sogard interest or any possible connection there? Well, so I don't know about the connection, but they have had interest in Sogard for a month, and uh, you know he's a three seventy on base. Percentage guy, he can play second base, been through pennant uh, races before, so he would probably be a guy you'd want to get. As far as Russell goes, I wouldn't be shocked if Addison Russell is traded at this point. Um, it, it's, you know, you're not going to get the cachet that you would have gotten in, 19, in, 19, in 2016 when he hit 21 home, run, 21 home runs, drove in 95, and was the all star shortstop for the National League. That's those days are gone. So if if he was traded, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, but uh, you know, at this point, I don't see. I don't know if there's a connection there to the two or not. We'll find out. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Eric Sogard has played some shortstop in his life and career, including four games this year. So he gives you a, a backup option if if that's the name yeah. to come here. Uh, <laughs> not every day, but maybe maybe for a short term, Matt. Right. Um, Cole Hamill's getting the start today in Iowa, right, Bruce? What's the right. prognosis Right. There? Everything works out well. Probably by next weekend, he's going to be uh, pitching for the Cubs uh, when they return home play the Cardinals. Uh, all right. Well, anything else? Anything else I should know from Madden's session? I mean, he talked about a myriad of things, including how his players handle the situation and that they have the 30-minute plus rule whether it's a good or a bad finish. Mm. And he talked a little bit about that again, you know, that that's an important aspect of uh, baseball functioning well and players functioning well and coaching staffs functioning well wherever he's been at. Uh, he, he answered a question about um, from uh, Gordon Whitmire about Bryant saying that maybe uh, we should reflect a little bit more on losses. And Joe said, well, I, I normally agree with my players, and this one I don't. Hmm. All right, Bruce. Um, thanks so much, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what goes on there today. It's a, it's a, it's a must-win day and a must-win stretch here. Uh, by the way, just uh, you know, have you gotten the sense at all if they were to lose the next couple of games, would they dare pivot to sellers? I don't think that's going to happen, in my opinion. No, no, too much invested. I mean, you know what? What do you do with uh, with Kimbrel? You know, what do you do with, with uh, John Lester and Quintana? You know, going into their last years of pitching next year. For the Chicago Cubs. There's just uh, too much invested in winning for them to pivot, I think, at this point. Yeah, I agree. All right. Thank you so much, Bruce. Appreciate it. All right. Take right. care, Matt. You got it. It's Bruce Levine up there at Miller Park in Milwaukee. This is Hit and Run broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. Visit your local Hyundai dealer and the first ever eight passenger Hyundai Palisade. So Quintana going for the Cubs today, Zach Davies going for the Brewers. Uh, Zach Zaidman will have pregame for you coming up in just a few minutes on 670 The Score. Uh, trades around the game. The Minnesota Twins adding Sergio Romo yesterday. If you didn't see that, that's one of those moves. I just think it's such a remarkably good fit for the Twins. Fortifies their pen with a proven big game pitcher. Remember, Romo's a guy who got three saves in the 2012 World Series. He's pitched in 27 postseason games. He's got serious energy and fire. And he is pitching here today in Chicago against the White Sox, or at least will be in uniform for the Twins. It's a guy who's gotten a final out in a World Series, a really good addition for them. 
Hopefully it is an active, crazy next few days leading up to the deadline, 3 p.m. on Wednesday, the 31st of July. Find me at Matt Spiegel 670 on Twitter. Find uh, Hit and Run at Hit and Run 670 and listen to the podcast of today, especially the 10 o'clock hour if you didn't get a chance to. Thought it was some uh, very, very interesting stuff. Been a pleasure. Thank you to Chris Kampka. Thank you to Matthew Trueblood from Baseball Prospectus. Bart Winkler from uh, Milwaukee Radio fame and our own Bruce Levine. Thank you to Zach Withers and Mike Chen for doing a great job there on the board as well. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Matt Spiegel, and I will talk to you next week. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t